Welcome, everyone. We'll continue reading from the book. You can be happy now. I pray that you're in good spirits. So here we go, page 156. Oh, I read that one already. 157. Do people dislike you? Do you ever wonder what it would be like if everyone gave you the recognition and respect that you would like? Would you feel better about yourself and be happier if you knew that everyone had only good thoughts about you? As it is now, you may feel that people in authority probably would not accept or a telephone call from you. They don't know who you are and maybe couldn't care less. Would all of that change it suddenly? Everyone understood your abilities and your desires to be helpful? Perhaps it would help you if you would realize that many people feel they aren't accepted and given the respect they believe they deserve. As a result, they sometimes try to impress others by their appearance or material possessions so people will admire them more. We may never understand why people evaluate us as they do, but that should not be our primary concern. Whether they rank us above or below what we deserve isn't the point. What we should believe is that regardless of what people think about us, God will cause their thoughts to work for our good. Shouldn't that confidence give us joy? We have been trained throughout our life to do whatever we can to do to impress people. At home, school, and work, we are always being evaluated. Getting along well with others is a good characteristic but being burdened by what they think of us is not good. We can know that God brings different people into our lives in order to accomplish his purpose. Some people will love us, but others will. Well, you name it. We can believe that those people who despise us were selected by God to test and try us. Sometimes it helps to consider the way people respond to Jesus. Here was God himself in their midst, the perfect, pure, holy one. But he was hated, rejected, and ultimately put to death. You and I certainly aren't up to his level of perfection. If anything, then we should expect worse treatment than than that suffered by him. Matthew 10.25 says, It is enough for the student to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. Most Christians want to become more like Jesus. Jesus never tried to gain people's approval and often said and did things that made people dislike, even despise him. He was so consumed with being what God wanted him to be that people's opinion did not move him. So there we have it. If we become more like Jesus, we will be less influenced by people's thoughts towards us. The more we take on his nature, the greater our joy becomes. The more we strive to be like Jesus, the more we can find joy in whatever others think about us, whether good or bad. You may think that such a high goal is too difficult to reach, but try it and the Holy Spirit will help you. Be assured too that God will provide you with the fullness of his joy in the midst of anything that is going on in your life. Amen. 
Our next letter is called Prepared as God's Witness. In Acts 5.32, Peter said, We are witness of these things. Those with serious problems don't want to hear someone with small problems tell them how to become a Christian. Such people are usually more influenced by Christians who have big problems, yet still cling to a strong faith in God. Sometimes the more severe the believer's problem is, the more likely it is that the unbeliever will listen to him. For example, a son who has ignored his mother's faith for many years may kneel by her side and ask for her prayers. When he knows she is dying, men in prison will listen more attentively to someone who has suffered the same punishment. Preparing ourselves to be God's witness can sometimes be painful. But he wants believers to demonstrate an unwavering faith that will move the heart of an unbeliever. Job endured much suffering, but he persevered and received his praises from God. Multitudes have considered Job's experiences and have been inspired to believe in and put their trust in God. Paul suffered in prison. Many thousands of prisoners have since studied his writings and decided they too should follow God. You and I are God's special messengers to the unbeliever. We can show them that no matter what he permits in our lives, we are positive God loves us and is supplying what we need. We may be in a place where we think no one will ever see our faithfulness to God, but our witness is never in vain. At the right time, he will cause our light to shine for some lost person who can see Christ only in that person that we are. He or she will see and hear the witness that we are through our faith in him. God can use our testimony just as effectively as he has that of Job, Paul, and so many others. Our journey here on earth is our big moment on God's stage. The part we play will culminate all the conclusion of our lives on planet Earth. Some of us may be staghands, while others are leading actors. Ultimately, however, we each play the role God has chosen for us. To complete his perfect plan, believing this gives us confidence that he is using our lives to help those for whom Jesus died. What could give us greater joy? Amen and amen. Our next reading is called Secret Joy. I understood it quite by accident, or maybe it was by design. I did something to help a person I didn't know, who didn't know me, and whom I didn't expect to see again. Suddenly, I felt something new. Maybe this is what Jesus meant when he said, if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that, Luke 6.33. When I look back over my life, I realize how often I had expected something in return for what I did for people. We expected someone to respond favorably to our acts of kindness. We believe people should at least thank us if we treated them well. If we give money to a worthy cause, we expect it a thank you. If we pleasantly hold the door open for someone, we expect them to smile, nod their heads, or say something. 
If they don't, we can feel resentful and even wish that we hadn't helped that ungrateful soul. If we have been fair with people, we expect them to be fair with us. We become happy if others practice turnabout is fair play. But Jesus gave us a new principle and a new way to feel his joy. Your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Luke 6.35 I was feeling that reward. Jesus showed us the way, but it seems to take some of us a lifetime to understand. When that little light turned on in me, I began to seek opportunities to do things for people when I expected to receive nothing in return. Each time that light in me became brighter, no one else knew what a person named Marilyn had done. But I knew that secret knowledge caused joy to keep increasing within me. Maybe it's difficult to find ways to do things secretly for others, but it's often easy to do things for people when they don't expect us to do so. We can do more than our share more than we have done in the past. The important point here is that we should expect nothing in return. Our previous expectations must be denied if we want to experience that secret joy that Jesus offers us. And this is a joy that no one can take from us. Our next article is called The Law of Believing. Unhappiness is the devil's tool. It sometimes causes people to become alcoholics or drug addicts. It can destroy families and cause countless other miseries. Sometimes when people do wrong things, they excuse themselves by claiming unhappiness. We all feel its powerful influence. It can pull every human toward its bottomless pit. There is no end to unhappiness. The more of it we suffer, the stronger its destructive power. The more we indulge its unsatisfactory appetite to control us, the more ravenous it becomes. God saw the misery that unhappiness had unleashed on his creation. So he provided a new power on earth to rescue men from sadness. Jesus came to show us the way to eternal life and, get this, everlasting joy. Isaiah 35.10 Jesus offered the gift of peace to those who believed, but his peace required strict adherence to the law of believing. When we believe, we have it. But if we concentrate on our circumstances, we will continue to wrestle with our doubts and unhappiness. Satan, the evil creator of unhappiness, never gives up. He offers, no, he pushes his unhappiness on anyone who will accept it. Happiness is a choice that is open to anyone, but we must make that choice. Unhappiness is something like the heavy smoke in a burning building. If we breathe the smoke into our lungs, we suffer. In the same way, if we surrender to unhappiness, we suffer. 
I wasted a big portion of my life wallowing in the pit of unhappiness. I always thought I was unhappy because of my circumstances. Now I realize how foolish I was. There I was with good eyesight, excellent hearing, and a strong body, freedom, good health, and still unhappy. God's goodness was indeed wasted on me. Now I understand that the blessings we have are not enough to create lasting happiness. We must believe that God wants to work for our good in every situation. Then we can receive his joy regardless of what's going on in our lives. God answers the problem of unhappiness through his son, Jesus. If we trust him, our circumstance will no longer have the power to control us. Jesus does not impose his joy on us. He simply secured the supply and said, Now ask and keep on asking and you will receive so that your joy, gladness and delight may be full and complete. John sixteen twenty four, Amplified. Jesus told blind men to believe if they wanted to see. Again, Jesus told blind people to believe if they wanted to see. How could anyone believe they could see if they were blind? But they did believe, and then they saw. You and I may find ourselves in similar impossible situations. But Jesus will still say to us, Ask and you will receive. Amen and amen. Welcome everyone. We'll continue reading from the book. You can be happy now. I pray that you're in good spirits. So here we go, page 156. Oh, I read that one already. 157. Do people dislike you? Do you ever wonder what it would be like if everyone gave you the recognition and respect that you would like? Would you feel better about yourself and be happier if you knew that everyone had only good thoughts about you? As it is now, you may feel that people in authority probably would not accept a telephone call from you. They don't know who you are and maybe couldn't care less. Would all of that change it suddenly? Everyone understood your abilities and your desires to be helpful? Perhaps it would help you if you would realize that many people feel they aren't accepted and given the respect they believe they deserve. As a result, they sometimes try to impress others by their appearance or material possessions so people will admire them more. We may never understand why people evaluate us as they do, but that sh should not be our primary concern. Whether they rank us above or below what we deserve isn't the point. What we should believe is that regardless of what people think about us, God will cause their thoughts to work for our good. Shouldn't that confidence give us joy? We have been trained throughout our lives to do whatever we can to do to impress people. 
At home, school, and work, we are always being evaluated. Getting along well with others is a good characteristic, but being burdened by what they think of us is not good. We can know that God brings different people into our lives in order to accomplish His purpose. Some people will love us, but others will. Well, you name it. We can believe that those people who despise us were selected by God to test and try us. Sometimes it helps to consider the way people respond to Jesus. Here was God himself in their midst, the perfect, pure, holy one. But he was hated, rejected, and ultimately put to death. You and I certainly aren't up to his level of perfection. If anything, then we should expect worse treatment than than that suffered by him. Matthew 10.25 says, It is enough for the student to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. Most Christians want to become more like Jesus. Jesus never tried to gain people's approval and often said and did things that made people dislike, even despise him. He was so consumed with being what God wanted him to be that people's opinion did not move him. So there we have it. If we become more like Jesus, we will be less influenced by people's thoughts towards us. The more we take on his nature, the greater our joy becomes. The more we strive to be like Jesus, the more we can find joy in whatever others think about us, whether good or bad. You may think that such a high goal is too difficult to reach, but try it and the Holy Spirit will help you. Be assured too that God will provide you with the fullness of His joy in the midst of anything that is going on in your life. Amen. Our next letter is called Prepared as God's Witness. In Acts 5.32, Peter said, We are witness of these things. Those with serious problems don't want to hear someone with small problems tell them how to become a Christian. Such people are usually more influenced by Christians who have big problems, yet still cling to a strong faith in God. Sometimes the more severe the believer's problem is, the more likely it is that the unbeliever will listen to him. For example, a son who has ignored his mother's faith for many years may kneel by her side and ask for her prayers. When he knows she is dying, men in prison will listen more attentively to someone who has suffered the same punishment. Preparing ourselves to be God's witness can sometimes be painful. But he wants believers to demonstrate an unwavering faith that will move the heart of an unbeliever. Job endured much suffering, but he persevered and received his praises from God. Multitudes have considered Job's experiences and have been inspired to believe in and put their trust in God. Paul suffered in prison. Many thousands of prisoners have since studied his writings and decided they too should follow God. You and I are God's special messengers to the unbeliever. We can show them that no matter what he permits in our lives, we are positive, God loves us, and is supplying what we need. 
We may be in a place where we think no one will ever see our faithfulness to God, but our witness is never in vain. At the right time, He will cause our light to shine for some lost person who can see Christ only in that person that we are. He or she will see and hear the witness that we are through our faith in Him. God can use our testimony just as effectively as He has that of Job, Paul, and so many others. Our journey here on earth is our big moment on God's stage. The part we play will culminate all the conclusion of our lives on planet Earth. Some of us may be stag hands, while others are leading actors. Ultimately, however, we each play the role God has chosen for us. To complete His perfect plan, believing this gives us confidence that He is using our lives to help those for whom Jesus died. What could give us greater joy? Amen and amen. Our next reading is called Secret Joy. I understood it quite by accident, or maybe it was by design. I did something to help a person I didn't know, who didn't know me, and whom I didn't expect to see again. Suddenly, I felt something new. Maybe this is what Jesus meant when he said, If you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that, Luke 6.33. When I look back over my life, I realize how often I had expected something in return for what I did for people. We expected someone to respond favorably to our acts of kindness. We believe people should at least thank us if we treated them well. If we give money to a worthy cause, we expect it a thank you. If we pleasantly hold the door open for someone, we expect them to smile, nod their heads, or say something. If they don't, we can feel resentful and even wish that we hadn't helped that ungrateful soul. If we have been fair with people, we expect them to be fair with us. We become happy if others practice Turnabout is fair play. But Jesus gave us a new principle and a new way to feel his joy. Your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Luke 6.35 I was feeling that reward. Jesus showed us the way, but it seems to take some of us a lifetime to understand. When that little light turned on in me, I began to seek opportunities to do things for people when I expected to receive nothing in return. Each time that light in me became brighter, no one else knew what a person named Marilyn had done. But I knew that secret knowledge caused joy to keep increasing within me. Maybe it's difficult to find ways to do things secretly for others. But it's often easy to do things for people when they don't expect us to do so. We can do more than our share, more than we have done in the past. The important point here is that we should expect nothing in return. Our previous expectations must be denied if we want to experience that secret joy that Jesus offers us. And this is a joy that no one can take from us.
Our next article is called The Law of Believing. Unhappiness is the devil's tool. It sometimes causes people to become alcoholics or drug addicts. It can destroy families and cause countless other miseries. Sometimes when people do wrong things, they excuse themselves by claiming unhappiness. We all feel its powerful influence. It can pull every human toward its bottomless pit. There is no end to unhappiness. The more of it we suffer, the stronger its destructive power. The more we indulge its unsatisfied appetite to control us, the more ravenous it becomes. God saw the misery that unhappiness had unleashed on his creation. So he provided a new power on earth to rescue men from sadness. Jesus came to show us the way to eternal life and, get this, everlasting joy. Isaiah 35.10 Jesus offered the gift of peace to those who believed, but his peace required strict adherence to the law of believing. When we believe, we have it. But if we concentrate on our circumstances, we will continue to wrestle with our doubts and unhappiness. Satan, the evil creator of unhappiness, never gives up. He offers, no, he pushes his unhappiness on anyone who will accept it. Happiness is a choice that is open to anyone, but we must make that choice. Unhappiness is something like the heavy smoke in a burning building. If we breathe the smoke into our lungs, we suffer. In the same way, if we surrender to unhappiness, we suffer. I wasted a big portion of my life wallowing in the pit of unhappiness. I always thought I was unhappy because of my circumstances. Now I realize how foolish I was. There I was with good eyesight, excellent hearing, and a strong body, freedom, good health, and still unhappy. God's goodness was indeed wasted on me. Now I understand that the blessings we have are not enough to create lasting happiness. We must believe that God wants to work for our good in every situation. Then we can receive His joy regardless of what's going on in our lives. God answers the problem of unhappiness through His Son, Jesus. If we trust Him, our circumstance will no longer have the power to control us. Jesus does not impose His joy on us. He simply secured the supply and said, Now ask and keep on asking and you will receive so that your joy, gladness, and delight may be full and complete. John 16, 24. Amplified. Jesus told blind men to believe if they wanted to see. Again, Jesus told blind people to believe if they wanted to see. How could anyone believe they could see if they were blind? But they did believe, and then they saw. You and I may find ourselves in similar 
impossible situations. But Jesus will still say to us, ask and you will receive. Amen and amen.